You're listening to the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast with your host, Letitia Ringe, and this is episode number 32. Welcome to the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast. I am your host, Letitia Ringe, and this podcast is designed to inspire, empower, and support you on the journey of uncovering your truth and purpose in the world. Welcome, my friend. If you're new to this podcast, it's here to support you in showing up for a career, a life, relationships, your business in a way that is meaningful for you, in a way that allows you to create a life that you love, enjoy and are inspired by. And this includes our work as well. Every week I have either a person on here who I'm sharing their beautiful story about how they uncovered work that they love, enjoy and are inspired by, Or we have a message or teaching from me about some tools to help you on your own journey. It is so helpful to have both of these and hearing the stories of how others found work and also just generally purpose in their life that helps to expand us. So this is the purpose and the mission behind the podcast. I really believe that the more people that we have contributing from this place that they really, you know, it lights them up. This is actually not only benefiting the person who is going to get way more enjoyment out of the work that they do and also just generally their life, but also it benefits all the people around us because we are working with people who are way happier. We're getting a better quality from them. They're more creative and innovative. And so we're more likely to be able to all evolve together. And this is what it's all about over here. So whether you're trying to find it in your work, whether you're trying to find purpose and meaning in your life, this podcast is helping you to figure out, you know, how do we get over some of the, you know, things that we're all suffering with every day, which is finding out who we really are, figuring out what lights us up, what we're passionate about, what we're is going to bring us joy And also, you know, how we overcome some of the common challenges in going through that process in, you know, having to trust our intuition in having to show up in for a business and share our message and all of these things to overcome comparison, all of this stuff. This is what this podcast here to talk to you about. And today I felt called to just really make sure I'm sharing this message here upfront so that if you are a new listener, you are clear about what this intention is behind the podcast. So without further ado, I want to introduce today's guest on the podcast. Her name is Misty Foster and she is the founder of Green Suitcase Travel. And I'm just going to read here exactly what they have on their website. It's so beautiful. So I want to read it straight from there. Green Suitcase Travel is a collection of influencers and innovators with a background in a variety of converging industries. We came together as artists, thinkers, and like-minded individuals with a passion to redefine the way we travel, 
to travel on purpose. Absolutely love it. And so I had the pleasure of becoming acquainted with Misty on Instagram. I don't even know how it happened. We connected. I saw what she does. Sometimes if someone likes one of my posts or comments or uh, follows me, I always go and check out their profile. And well, I almost always go and check out their profile. I saw what she does. And I just thought, oh my gosh, I need to know this person. This is so cool. I need to know more about how I can travel more on purpose, how I can also be more conscious and sustainable when it comes to my uh, travel. So I was immediately thinking I need to have Misty on the podcast. I need to know her. I need to have her in my life, (laughs) which might sound funny to you. But basically, Misty has she heads this beautiful, sustainable travel platform, which is all about making ethical, sustainable, conscious travel choices and really advising and guiding her clients to be able to do that. So she explains during this episode, of course, how she does that. You know, she's helping individuals, what sort of people she works with. And what's so beautiful is that they're actually working and advising people from all different walks of life with all different intentions and values and at various different stages as well of their travel planning. Misty and her team also, of course, share their own stories from their travel and their mission is really, as she says in this episode, to make it sexy and accessible when it comes to ethical, sustainable and conscious travel. So this is a really fascinating conversation. It's probably something you haven't really heard about before. When we think of how can we be more conscious when we travel or sustainable, you might think of, okay, you know, making sure you're not using, I don't know, like uh, plastic water bottles. You might think of staying, as Misty also mentions in here, in an eco resort, which is one thing that would be top of mind for me. Um, And Misty takes us a lot deeper into this. You know, how should we spend our money as a consumer when we're traveling? And we're going back to what I've been talking about in the previous episodes, episode 30, when I spoke about 360 conscious behavior. There is so much power in our dollar. We as consumers get to vote with our dollar. So we, it's a form of activism, the way that we choose to spend our money. And that is awesome. We get to be empowered and make these empowered choices. So Misty shares with us how we can use this power when we're traveling to be, you know, supporting this conscious, sustainable travel paradigm that they're exploring over at Green Suitcase Travel. And you're looking at what our impact is, what the impact of our actions are when we travel, how we can stop perpetuating social and environmental issues, how we can also take this holistic perspective to our travel. And as we always say over here at Create a Life That is Beautiful, once we've got the awareness, we're we're able to change it. This is a good thing. And this is all being conscious is about. So we go through mass tourism, Misty's most powerful eye-opening travel experiences and lessons, which I'm sure you'll find fascinating. And also, of course, how Misty came to be doing this work, because this is what we're all about over here. We want to know how she ended up being so purpose-driven when it came to her work and her life. And what's so interesting is that Misty, like so many of our guests, was doing something completely different before. And this was not 
anything on you know her horizon she was doing musical theater and she had a degree in theater she was very committed to her life in the theater world so we go through and you'll have to listen to the episode to find out you know how she made that pivot, why it happened, and also how she felt at that time making that pivot. In addition, we talk through topics like overcoming resistance, social media, communication, creativity, and of course, what purpose means to Misty and her advice for finding purpose. So listen in. It's so fascinating. I can't wait for you to hear this and make sure you screenshot this episode. If you are listening to it, tag me on Instagram at create a life that is beautiful and also tag Misty at green suitcase travel and let us know what are your biggest takeaways are from this episode. What are you going to do differently now when it comes to conscious travel? So let us know. We'd love to hear from you and If you haven't already left a review, please could you make sure you leave a review on iTunes so that we can help spread the message of this podcast and allow other people to use it as, you know, something to help them on their own journey of discovering what their purpose is. And if you're a listener, I know that this is a topic that you felt a lot of probably suffering from. So share your review means that someone else who might find this podcast useful is more likely to be able to find it. And of course, if anyone comes to mind after listening to this episode, please make sure you, you know, share the love, let them know about the podcast and why you love it. And I'm sorry, my friends, about these really long introductions. I've always just got so much to say. I want to chat with you all. So I hope you can forgive me if they are taking longer than you'd like them to. Before we dive into the conversation, I also want to mention that this episode is supported by my online course, Embrace Your Feminine Essence, which is reopening for enrollment very soon this September. Embrace Your Feminine Essence is a course that will help you to reconnect with your feminine energy and rebalance that with your beautiful masculine energy so that you're drawing from these two sources of power and creating a system that allows you, your body, mind and soul, all of that of which is you, to thrive, to show up in your business, your life and in your relationships, for your creativity in a way that feels really balanced and also you're getting the best of your intuition, of being able to innovate. You're also able to feel more ease and flow in your life while still making sure you're taking action and getting things done. I walk you through the menstrual cycle, the moon cycle, which are really great systems to that, which basically have this system of the yin and the yang and the masculine and feminine built within them. Gosh, I mean, the moon and our bodies as women are just like, so incredible. Anyway, if this sounds like something you're interested in, I invite you to go check out the details at latisharinge.com forward slash E-Y-F-E. And without further ado, let's dive in to our conversation. Hi, Misty. Welcome to the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast. Hello. I love the name of the podcast and I love creating a life that is beautiful. So I'm very excited and thrilled to be here. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to have you on too. And so to get us started, could you let our beautiful listeners know a little bit about who you are and what you're currently creating in the world? 
Of course. Um, my name is Misty Foster, and I am a Sagittarius. <laughs> I definitely identify with that part of myself because uh, Sagittarians are the travelers, and I am the founder of Green Suitcase Travel, which is a sustainable travel platform. And so basically, I help people plan trips with sustainability in mind. And I'm also, it's also a content platform. So I have a handful of writers who share their stories from the road and I share my stories from the road and just helping people understand a little bit better what it means to travel with sustainability in mind, what ethical, responsible, conscious travel means. There's a lot of, a lot of terms and buzzwords out there, but they all tie in together. So my mission is to, to make that sexy and accessible and to help people travel on purpose. Um, I've been in the travel industry for about five years in various capacities. I also do um, social media consulting and work for a company called The Experience Expert. So kind of had my hand in digital marketing and uh, travel planning for five years now and just really love it. I love helping create immersive experiences for people. Mm, and they gel very nicely together, the social media and the travel. Oh, that's beautiful. So I guess my first question for you is what is your favorite place to travel to? <laughs> um, yeah, I, it's such a hard question to because, you know, everywhere in the world offers something unique and beautiful. Um, I, I tend to, I have a very strong draw to Japan I've only been once, but I, I know that I'm meant to go back again. I, it hasn't happened yet. Um, but Japan is just, it was one of those places, like the moment I stepped on that soil, I immediately fell in love with it. And I had this incredible sense of um, connection to this place that I had never been. So that that stands out to me. And then Mexico is somewhere that I go a lot and the more I go the more I fall in love with it and the people and the culture and you know it's a very musical culture which is is very exciting and um, so I would say Japan and Mexico are probably two of my tops. Mm. I haven't been to either places but also high on my list and with Japan I've also always just had an affinity and knew that I need to go there. So yeah. I love that you mentioned that. Okay, well, I knew that I needed to have you on when we met on Instagram. So how wonderful is social media when we get to make connections like these? It's a great connector. It is. It really is. And so I'm always looking for ways to make more conscious choices. And so when I saw that you were specifically working on this with travel, I know that mm -hmm. this is an area a lot of people probably don't know, you know, exactly what to be looking for so that they can make more conscious choices about their travel and make it, you know, more ethical and sustainable, which is what we'll talk about. So I knew I had to have you on. Um, and I also love that on your website, you talk about travel on purpose and mm -hmm. purpose is basically what I'm all about here. I really love to help people align with their own purpose, but also just be more purposeful in the life, um, business, career choices that they're making. So I knew that I needed to have you on. So thank you so much for coming on again. 
Yeah, of course. I also believe in purpose-driven lives. And, you know, I think that extends to, it should extend to every aspect of um, how you live your life, including travel. And travel is a very powerful tool to be purposeful with. So mm-hmm. makes sense to me. Absolutely. So what does conscious, sustainable travel mean to you? So it's interesting. I mean, I, I know, you know, conscious, the word conscious to me, I, I actually kind of struggle with it, not because I, I don't think that it's uh, incorrect. I just find uh, personally mindful travel resonates a little bit better with me because to a degree, we're always conscious about what we're doing, right? Of course, there's things that we're not intentional or conscious about at times, but um, I tend to, to like to sink into the word mindful travel just because it, it seems a little bit more intentional to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes in line with sustainability too. Like, how are you minding the way that you approach a destination? How are you um, interacting with the culture, the, the people, the wildlife, the environment in a way that's leaving a light, gentle, uh, positive impact? And, you know, I know that these are all sort of abstract concepts and it can seem very confusing and, you know, you, you, you think, okay, well, yeah, okay, I can stay at a, you know, an eco resort. And that, that's, of course, a great way to do it, but it extends beyond that too. It's really looking at, you know, how does a, a place and a people, you know, how do they want people to visit their, their destination, um, you think about when you have people come over to your home, how would you like people to come to your home and treat your home with respect, right? Mm. And every culture has different ways that they do that. So, you know, in Southeast Asia, something as simple as taking off your shoes before you enter a building is considered the norm for them. But as, you know, Westerners, we don't always know that or don't always um think about those things. So even though that's a very small example, it's about looking at the holistic picture and taking these small things and sort of integrating them into your travels. Um, And again, that extends to where you're staying, where you're eating, where you're shopping, the kind of excursions that you're taking, uh, the cultural etiquette that, you know, that to me is very important in a place that you go because Again, that's a big way of saying like, hey, I did my research and I'm not just showing up here um, with no prior <laughs> uh, idea of like how you would like to be treated. So, you know, I think it's just about being a good good guest in someone's home. And even though you're paying money to go to these places, like you can still show up with a positive intention and um making the world a little bit better place just by being mindful. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. And I really love the analogy with the house. I mm-hmm. think that's really helpful. You know, when someone comes to your home, it's your rules that apply and you try to be very respectful and to find out what they are. So I think that's such a great way to think about it when we are traveling, that we're going into someone's home. And so we need to find out what their rules and customs are. I love that. And also, I really love how uh, that you mentioned, you know, about it being intentional and mindful, that link with mindful. I think that's also uh, mindful is a word that I think resonates for a lot more people than maybe conscious does. So I really Mm -hmm. love the um, differentiation you've made there between those words. That's wonderful. 
Okay, so how can we be more ethical and sustainable when it comes to travel? <laughs> That's a great question. So, I mean, this is something that I think in, in the community that there's still a lot of, uh, we're still trying to figure all of it out, right? Because specifically when it comes to sustain, sustainability, it's about preserving the culture of the environment, um, the wildlife, not just for this generation, but for previous generations. And we have a good amount of research on what that means. And we have a lot of educated guesses on how we can do that, but there's still a lot of unknowns. We don't really know how something is going to impact an environment until say 30, 50 years down the line. Um, so it's really looking at, you know, what we do know in this present moment is going to leave a minimal impact and a positive impact and honoring that. Um, and again, you know, there's more and more research coming out about what what is going to help us specifically with climate change because that's that's a big one right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's kind of one aspect of it. For ethical travel, you know, this is something that I think is a little bit more clear. Um, ethical travel is looking at well, is it right to go and you know buy a souvenir from? Uh, the side street vendor that's made in China when you're in France? Uh, Probably not, right? Because you know that money isn't directly impacting the economy. The working conditions of the people who made it in China probably aren't that great. Of course, you'd have to really like go through the whole supply chain to figure this out. But we have fairly good educated uh, guesses and, you know, (laughs) we can trace a lot of this back to, well, we know that if you buy something from, the local community, that's going to leave a bigger impact. It's going to have a more um, lasting effect on the people in that area. So, and, and the same thing with wildlife, you know, a lot of people probably know the example of the elephants in Thailand. This is a very uh, controversial thing. So a lot of people go to Thailand and they want to ride the elephants or they want to go to these elephant parks and interact with them. Um, but a lot of these places are notorious for abusing these animals and you're not actually, these elephants aren't meant to be, um, ridden, but people like to go and ride them. Mm. So there's only a handful of places in Thailand that are actually rescuing, rehabilitating and have a sanctuary set up that where you can go interact with them in an ethical way, but you're not part of this problem, you're not perpetuating this cycle of abuse that a lot of tourists don't, honestly, they just don't realize that they're doing it. So I don't, I don't fault people because it's still something that's, um, I think being uncovered and more and more people are talking about it, but you know, it's, it's really looking at, well, how can you treat, you know, each of these environments in a fair and ethical way so that you're not part of the problem and you're not hurting anybody or anything Mm. yeah and I think for people it's you know it's just that they're they're not aware of of what the I guess impact is beyond whatever you know whatever they can see actually happening 
course. Yeah. And so this is why it's so wonderful. We need to be speaking more about these issues so that people, you know, they listen to this podcast or they might read your blog and they see, oh, I've never actually thought about that. You know, it's never (laughs) come to my attention before, but now I know. And once we have the awareness that allows us to change, which is when I sort of talk about conscious, I'm really just talking about awareness. And I really feel that we have to um, make more of an effort to sort of share this information so that people can become more aware about these things. And yeah, it's so interesting with travel because there's just, I mean, even with the amount of people, like now that I live over in Europe, I'm originally from Australia and Mm -hmm. I'm just, I just can't believe, you know, how many people there are uh, throughout Europe during the summer and, you know, the places (laughs) you go traveling. I think how, how is this sustainable? Right. Well, and that's actually interesting. I mean, mass tourism is a is a huge problem in Europe. And I, I was actually just in Italy. And um, as I'm sure you're aware, Italy is a pretty big tourist spot. So especially <laughs> Venice. And Venice has just started this whole campaign called Enjoy Respect Venice. Um, they've started to install turnstiles in certain parts of the city because only locals can go to that area because they have cruise ships dumping thousands of people off in San Marco Square every day. And they just don't have the infrastructure um, to support that. And it's it's really upsetting because the locals are starting to be outnumbered by the tourists and they're losing their local population because they can't keep up with inflation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's also a city that relies so much on tourism that it's you can't just pull out at this point. You have to yeah. figure out yeah. ways to support and integrate Um, So I really went with this purpose of, well, how can somebody visit Venice, you know, the epitome of a spot that's overcrowded and a victim of mass tourism in a respectful way? And uh, for me, it's really about where your tourism dollar goes and starting to support local vendors and people who are giving back to the community, who are directly supporting the community So shifting where you're spending your money. So you can still go and enjoy this place and do all of the the major sites and um, see all of those things. But, you know, maybe don't take a cruise ship there. I I ended up staying at this campsite across the lagoon and it was really, really lovely and a 30 minute ferry ride into the city. And you got to just like plop right there. And um, I tried to like go explore some of the smaller neighborhoods and found little shops and restaurants that you know, again, aren't being run by foreign investors and outsiders, but that are being run by the locals and just talking to the locals and asking them like, Hey, where, what's the biggest way to support you? Um, because there is a lot of frustration in, in major European cities for people who just go straight to McDonald's, you know what I mean? Or whatever. They're not like looking at what would directly lift those people up. Mm, Oh, I love that suggestion. Just simply asking a local, Mm -hmm. how can I support you? And, you know, it's even wherever you're staying, you know, even asking uh, the people there, I've found in my experience, usually they'll recommend, you know, wonderful locally owned, you know, restaurants, ones that might be a little bit out of town as well. When I was in Venice, that's that's what we did. We went like way out of the city center and went to some wonderful places. And, but you just, you don't think about doing that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
Like, I mean, I don't, yeah. So I think it's something so easy, so simple, but we just overlook these things so easily as well. Sure. And I, I know that it's not always easy to like put yourself out there and talk to somebody that you don't know. And especially when there's a language barrier, but you know, you'd be surprised. I mean, people who live in dust, like I love when somebody in the States comes up to me and asks like, well, where should I go or what should I do? I mean, mm. that's, that's the fun part of being an insider in your hometown. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it's a small, but very simple way that you can direct your energy. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Thank you. And I'm just thinking, you know, when I've had uh, dealt with locals uh, who have been really, you know, excited that we're there and, you know, they're like so welcoming. It really adds, you know, a much different spin and also, you know, perspective of your travel. And usually that's, you know, well, of course, sometimes there's a language barrier, so it's hard to know. But when I have had that and they've been, you know, we've just I've taken the time to find out more about them and what's going on on for them in the community we've had you know a beautiful conversation you learn so much about the place that you're traveling to as well so there's that too yeah and it it gives you a deeper sense of connection to the place like the more you know about a place of course the more you're going to be interested in it and have a more immersive experience because of that yeah yeah absolutely so I love that you're you're looking at sustainability as well through this, you know, minimal and positive lens. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really, you know, just a useful framework for people to think of when they're thinking of, okay, what would be a sustainable choice? And um, also, I just wanted to mention with when when you research where you're going and you know the customs and rules and that sort of thing, you know, what their house rules might be. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of evidence that it's your preparation before the travel that actually contributes to your overall enjoyment of the travel itself. hundred percent. Yeah. So, you know, that's a great way to, you know, sort of tap into that in a more purposeful way as well, which is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So do you have, what have been some of your, I guess, yeah, your most eye opening or powerful experiences that you've had since you've, started doing this work? Uh, That's a great question. I mean, I think every time I travel, I have a powerful eye-opening experience. And, you know, I don't know if that's just me. I I think a lot of people have these experiences, but um, I do like to approach travel with sort of a a childlike curiosity because I think that's that's what facilitates powerful and eye-opening experiences. Um, I will say, so when I first started this platform and my journey into becoming a more responsible traveler, which is still an ongoing journey. I mean, there are things that I wrote when I first started that I look back on. I'm like, huh, okay. You know, my intention was good and I think that was a good direction, but I'm going to, I need to make this adjustment now. Like that, that wasn't actually as, uh, sustainable as it could have been. Um, And an example that I have for that is, you know, I went to South Africa and I went on this tour that was a a bike tour through the one of the townships. Um, And, you know, in general, I think that it actually was a very respectful, well thought out, well run excursion and company. And it is run by a local. And, you know, they took us to my friend and I to, um, some very authentic local spots. 
Um, but looking back on it, you know, slum tourism, and I, I really don't even love that word, but that for lack of a better term, um, I'm going to use that for the time being, uh, is, is pretty controversial, right? Because it comes with this sort of voyeuristic component. And even though that's not necessarily how I went in, I didn't go into to gawk and be like, oh, look at these, you know, really unfortunate, uh, poor people. Um, there is, you do have to be careful because there is sort of this, already this mentality of like the white savior swooping in and, you know, doing these volunteer trips or going to these places to, uh, for a brief time and then leaving. And so, you know, again, I know that that's a, a very complicated, nuanced example, but, you know, I don't know that I would do that something like that again, because even though it was eye opening and it really inspired me um, and there was a lot of there were a lot of really amazing things that came out of it. I also think that, you know, as as a white cisgendered woman, I want to be more conscious of the dynamic that I bring to the table when I travel in general. Mm-hmm. So that would be something that I think is was pretty <laughs> eye-opening and powerful and um, has helped continue to shift my perception of, of travel in general. But um, And then I also have had really wonderful cultural experiences. Like when I was in Bali, I went uh, the first day I was there, I got to meet with a Brahmin and he carved a talisman for me. And it, you know, it was specifically for me and my journey in life. And you know, that was a cultural experience that felt really meaningful and very respectful. And like, it turned out to be really cool because we started talking about the differences in like, um, and gender and birth order and like the birthing process in the US versus in Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of this one experience and he and I just were talking for hours about gender dynamics, which was strange, but also, again, really powerful. Um, so yeah, I mean, in, in any time I have those sorts of experiences or conversations, it just deepens my passion for this kind of travel because, you know, who does that? Who gets to have conversations with Brahmins about birth? It's <laughs> like- amazing. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. So did you, did you travel as a child? I did. Um, mostly through the U S my parents, my dad started backpacking with me on his back when I was like one years old. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Which I love. And my, my family was really good about taking us to all of the national parks. Okay. Uh, so that, you know, we, we did a lot of cross country trips and we went to central America cause we're, we were from Texas. So not too far from Mexico and central America, but, um, most of my childhood experiences were going to national parks. Okay. I love that you also mentioned that you adopt this childlike curiosity, which, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) uh, which I think is important for most experiences in life. You know, it's that sort of also the beginner's mindset wherever you're going. And also that you mentioned that you like to be, you know, improving. And I think that's really important. You know, what you learned when you first started, um, your blog would be, it'd be weird if you hadn't learned anything right over the yeah. last, you know, five years. But I think what I'm, this is just, 
going a little bit off topic here, but just something that came to mind. So uh, I think for a lot of people struggle with this is like needing to um, not wanting to look like a hypocrite and by changing their opinion on something. And I always like to point out that, you know, that's not being a hypocrite. (laughs) That being a hypocrite is, (laughs) yeah, being a hypocrite is saying you're doing something, but then doing the opposite or doing something else. Right. And I think it's so important, you know, no matter what we're doing in any of this work, we're constantly going to be learning new things and especially when we adopt a childlike curiosity so we're even more open to learning and so we you know we continue to tailor whatever it is we're doing right so I think that's just something important to touch on there because I know this is like a point of conflict for a lot of people when it comes to you know feeling like they might need to tweak their message slightly or go back so thank you for sharing that example with us it's a great one of course. I mean, and I hope that I'm I'm constantly tweaking. I think, like you said, if if you're not looking at how you can improve and where you might have, you know, misstepped, like you're not going to grow. At least I don't. I don't feel like I personally will grow if I just keep on keeping on in the same direction. Exactly. Yes. 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 Absolutely. We we always want to be learning. So yeah. before you started your blog, what were you doing? I have a degree in theater performance, so I was in New York City for close to a decade and doing the musical theater thing. Um, Actually, and it's really, it's funny because that kind of led me to start Green Suitcase Travel. I was auditioning and felt like I wasn't really connecting with the theater community. Um, There was a lot of cattiness in my experience, and I just a lot of people talking about only theater and I was like, okay, well I love theater and I I love auditioning and I love being in this, but I also want to be exploring and living life. So I started wandering around the city doing these little vlogs called life around the corner and just trying to, for my own amusement, (laughs) (laughs) um, showcasing, you know, hidden gems of, of New York. And then through that process, I, I started really researching and getting involved in um, sustainability and sustainable travel. And that's kind of how it all spawned, actually. So, um, yeah. So are your vlogs still available? Oh, man, they're somewhere on. (laughs) You know, and I do do have uh, big picture goals to do some – some more film work, but you know, right now I'm sort of in the trenches of building the biz, but yeah, they're, they're out there somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that sounds great though. Exploring the hidden gems of New York because I mean, there's just so many, isn't there? Sure. Absolutely. And it's such an activated and energetic place, New York. I absolutely love it. 100%. So that's interesting. So you're in theater and you know, you found it useful for what you're doing, of course, with green suitcase and Mm -hmm. that's also really interesting that you think that you might end up um drawing on that theater those theater skills in the future I love that because I think there's always you know when we depart from something that we once did it can feel like well why did I go through that whole journey but it's so lovely to see how they intersect right no I I actually feel like it it all goes hand in hand for me and even on Instagram I'm sure you 
you know, have felt this at times. Like there is a very theatrical uh, aspect of being on Instagram and curating these shots and your copy and, you know, you're telling a story. So it still feels very connected to me in a lot of ways. Absolutely. Is Instagram your favorite um, platform to hang out? Uh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. I, I, it's, a, it's a beautiful photo diary and it, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of potential for getting to create these little worlds within one photo. I think that's very cool. Mm, yeah, I agree. Absolutely. So when you may, decided to make that pivot and move out of theater, did you like, what was that decision an easy one for you? Or was it one where, you know, you were sort of still clinging on to your old sort of theater life? Uh, it definitely wasn't easy. I mean, you know, I've been acting since I was six. And, you know, as I mentioned, I have my degree in theater and I've, I've invested so much time into it. Um, and at first it felt a little like, okay, well, I, you know, and I still might go back to it in some way. I mean, obviously I just mentioned that I'd like to do some, some film stuff, but, uh, it, it did feel a little bit like a, a mini death, but then I was like, you know what, let's not look at it like that. <laughs> let's just like, yeah. you know, say we're, we're shifting the focus, we're shifting the vision and integrating it and so like I said I think it still does feel very integrated into what I do um but of course like there's there were moments where I was I felt a little defeated like well you know I didn't quite get to the level that I wanted and didn't quite have the amount of success that I I think anybody who goes into theater and acting you of course want the ultimate form of success which is to be on Broadway or to be in the movies um, and it's a really hard industry to be in. And, you know, I had to sort of be okay and come to terms with the fact that like, not that I wasn't cut out for it, but that it didn't have the, the drive to be as, I don't know if cutthroat's the right word, but like there, you know, there's a lot of, you have to really, really hustle and push for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just didn't feel like that was authentic to who I was. And so, you know, what started off initially is like, mm, this is kind of sad, turned into, well, actually, it's okay. And like I said, it's, it's on the back burner and I might revisit it at some point. But now I'm at the point, point where it doesn't really feel like I'm missing anything. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if people uh, plan a trip through you, how do you help them? What happens? So I like to say that I have kind of an a la carte menu. Uh, I work with, <laughs> you know, the individual and I've had people who come to me and they already have their trip mostly thought out and they just want help with, you know, a few things like, can you help curate a list of, um, organic, vegan, you know, sustainable locally sourced restaurants for me? Or can you, um, introduce me to a few, excursions, you know, where I would get to work with baby sea turtles or, you know, just whatever it is that they don't have the time to research for themselves or don't really know where to start researching or, you know, just need some additional help. And then I have people who come to me and have no idea where they want to go, no idea what they want to do. They know like what their travel style is, but 
they just come to me with a budget and say, hey, go to town. So it, it really depends on the individual. But I like to, you know, the first thing I kind of ask people is like, what are your values and what what's the most important thing to you? So I think people have this idea that sustainable travel is not always luxurious. And of course, like you can do the budget travel thing and be very eco-friendly. Um, but you can also stay in some beautiful, beautiful luxury resorts that have some very serious sustainability um, initiatives going on. So, you know, if you're a creature of comfort, like most people are, and hey, I mean, who doesn't want to stay at a, a luxury, you know, hotel? Um, there are ways to still do that sustainably. It just takes a little bit more time and energy and vetting uh, before setting somebody up in that kind of an accommodation. But yeah, so again, it's all about working with the individual, their values, what's the most important to them, and helping people realize that you don't have to shift everything, right? So if if the idea of starting a trip where you change every single aspect of how you do something sounds really overwhelming. I get that. I'm not going to start telling you, well, okay, in order to be a truly sustainable traveler, you have to go sleep in a hut and, you know, only eat food from this one place. Um, that's very extreme. It can also just look like, okay, well, what if you tried carrying a water bottle with you instead of buying water bottles everywhere you went. And again, that's like an extreme example on the opposite end because hopefully yeah. somebody who is interested in sustainability already, you know, is on that journey and has an idea that buying water bottles isn't great. Um, but if you don't know at all where to start, like that's a very simple, easy way to do it and carrying your own utensils. So it's just looking at little ways to make shifts. Oh, that's so great. I, and I love on your website, you've got, you know, the different types of travelers, mm -hmm. the pilgrim, the wanderer, the cosmopolitan adventurer, yeah. giver. I think that's so useful for people. So it really shows that you are thinking of the different, you know, what people, what, what is, what is the person's, you know, intention? How do they like to travel? How can you assist yeah. these different, um, perspectives, I guess? Yeah, Absolutely. That's... Yeah, because we all we all have our, you know, favorite ways to travel. And I don't think that, I mean, you should have to give everything up just because, you know, you're starting your journey to becoming a more ethical, responsible traveler. It's about, again, it's about shifting and integrating. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And it's, you know, small steps, <laughs> small mm -hmm. steps. Yeah. I think that's a big thing, actually, for people when it comes to trying to make more sustainable choices in general it can right. seem like, oh my gosh, there's so much to do. I'm going to have to change so much about my current life. And so right. they just sort of like throw it all, throw their hands in the air and just think, that's it. I'm not doing any of it. But really, right. you know, even just one small choice is making an impact or a better impact than what you were doing before making that one step. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I like to use the example of recycling. I mean, so most people aren't just going to jump into composting right off the bat, right? Um, but recycling is, you know, five years ago, a lot of people didn't do it and didn't know really what it was. And the more people talked about it, the more cities and locations started to enforce recycling, the more it became the norm. 
Um, and of course, you know, I'm of the belief that you should reduce and reuse your consumption before, uh, recycling, but recycling is still a better option than littering or throwing something, you know, into the ocean. So, and it didn't happen overnight. It took time and nobody's, most people aren't going to start composting overnight. Most people aren't going to start changing every single part of their lifestyle overnight. It takes time. It takes thought. It takes, it's building a habit of that, you know? Absolutely. And it depends where you're based as well, because I, I know even with recycling, you know, over here in, in the UK, there's like a terrible amount of plastic on everything that you buy. And right. so, you know, where you're based is as well as also going to have an impact on, I think, your how well you're educated when it comes to recycling. Absolutely. I've definitely seen a difference between the UK and Australia yeah. in that area. Yeah. So were you also like always, you know, sort of um, socially minded as a child? Uh, I, you know, <laughs> I think so. I mean, so I'm a, I'm a firstborn okay. and I, you know, I, I'm fascinated by the birth order and I think that that has a lot to do with, um, how I've developed as a human being because, you know, as soon as I was old enough, my mom was like, okay, start taking care of your siblings. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I've always sort of had an outward focus just from the get-go. Um, and then my parents did, again, like because we visited national parks, but also my parents, they instilled this idea of like leave a place better than you found it. And I, I grew up in the South, so I think that's like a big Southern thing. Like, you you know, you leave a place better than you found it. You have respect. You have good manners. And, of course, that can go to the extreme and, and be detrimental to somebody. But <laughs> for me, it, it found a really nice little spot in my heart. And I've kind of carried that along with me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I, I've got very lucky where my parents really helped create uh, a lot of empathy in my life. So I guess the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always just curious about what was going on and, and the, the links that you can draw to, you know, of course, things that have happened as a child, but also just, you know, who you really were before you started becoming who you thought you should be. Exactly. Yeah, no, I think it's very fascinating as well. Mm. Great. So I'd love to just sort of shift the conversation for a moment and talk about purpose. Sure. So what does purpose mean to you? Uh, for me, it's about living with integrity and honoring things that are really important to you. Um, hopefully the things that are important to you do have a larger scale impact, but if if they don't, that's okay. I mean, like, I think you're going to always have a mixture of things that have a positive impact on everybody and on yourself. Um, and ultimately the more that you do the work on yourself, the easier it is to, again, think outward and to be, a, a good global citizen. So, you know, purpose for me is about being able to interact with people in a way that they feel seen and heard. Um, and obviously that extends to travel in my mind, but just in my everyday interactions, like I want to be purposeful with my words and my actions and 
to, you know, really honor each individual and how they come to the world and what they bring with them. Because, you know, it's easy to just put a blanket statement over everyone and say, well, these people are like this and these people are like this. And to an extent, we all fall into stereotypes, but we're all also like this kaleidoscope of emotions and different you know, things that make us so beautiful. And I think so often we get wrapped up in um, the these stereotypes versus like looking at the individual. And again, you know, I, I don't want to be somebody who's like that. Mm. Oh, I love that. That's such a beautiful answer. And I love just, I love to ask people about this because, you know, everyone has their own, understanding or meaning for what purpose is and you know obviously there's a lot of like overlaps but it's just so beautiful to hear you know how you express it and you know yeah I love that thank you for sharing thank you it's a beautiful question and I'm very I mean I'm sure you get a lot of amazing answers yeah, no, I do that, but they're all equal. Like, and also I just love that you've really acknowledged about how each person has their own, you know, sort of gifts and experience and, you know, I guess what they get to offer. And mm-hmm. this is what I really focus on with my work because I truly believe that, you know, we're all here with our own, you know, purpose. And this is you know to do with our own combination of skills and experience. And so we want to be able to show up at, you know, as who we are and get to know who we are. And for many of us, the reason that we're not living in alignment with, with that is just because, you know, we're so used to trying to people please and, you know, learn how to do what we should and be, you know, this perfect person and hide away from aspects of ourselves so that we can belong. Um, And then while we do all of that, we start to realize that we just really feel like we don't belong at all because we don't know who we are. We haven't really embraced who we are. So I I really just love that part of your answer to that question. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, it sounds like the work you do is, is very powerful in that sense because you're right. Like it can create a sense of dysphoria if you're always so worried about what everybody else, what society says. And, you know, you're always uh, trying to achieve this like model-esque version of yourself when being, doing the work to me, like means embracing sometimes the ugly side of who you are and these complicated sides that we all have. And, um, that can be very beautiful too. So, yeah. Yes, absolutely. I totally agree. And, you know, when, say with your example, when you made the shift from, you know, working in the theater world and, you know, after you've done your degree and, you know, I went through something similar, I did a law degree, I worked as a lawyer and then making that decision to, you know, sort of give up that and all of the identity that's with that and shift into something else (laughs) to, and, and really it's, it's usually following you're either following your flow, you know, what's flowing to you and what isn't and, you know, shifting with that um, advice. But also it's like, you know, you're, you're flowing with the unknown, which is what's so scary about these shifts, but it's really helping you. The universe helps you to realign with what you're, you know, what you're here to do. And so if you hadn't have left your work um, and, and, and your life in the theater world, you may not have been doing, you know, green suitcase travel might not have existed. Exactly. You know, and it's, it's funny. I mean, I I don't know if you experienced this too, but when I did make that shift towards starting green suitcase travel and sort of, 
you know, away from the theater identity that I had, it, it wasn't all easy. I don't, I definitely don't want to say that, but like doors opened a lot quicker than, um, they had. And when I was auditioning, um, and doing the theater thing, and of course it takes time and energy to build a business. And I still feel like I have a lot more growth to do, but you know, there is, there does, there's some ease that comes with, uh, following a path that's laid out for you that, you know, I don't want to say is more right, but you know, it, it, I think it came with the mindset set of like, okay, I'm going to let go of this other identity for a while and step into this one. Yes. And that's such, that's when doors start opening for you when they haven't previously been open. I mean, that's such a great sign. And I think that that letting go, that just learning how to let go, that is something that's so difficult for us to do, but really that, that is the secret um, in my experience as well. So have you had, are there any particular, you know, lessons around self-worth or needing to overcome resistance when, when it's come to you showing up for, you know, your own purpose and also what you've created with green suitcase travel? Yeah. I mean, I think anytime you're in a creative field, you know, there's a lot of, I know I've experienced, um, doubt and feeling less than great about myself. (laughs) Ironically on Instagram, um, as much as I love to spend time there, like it is a, it is a form that's really wonderful and has a lot of, uh, potential, but it also can, you know, going back to these unachievable ideals, you know, you get to curate a very specific image of yourself. Um, and and it's not the whole picture, right? Like it's a lot of fun to create these pictures and these little like windows into who somebody is, but it's not the whole picture. And sometimes it can, it can feel very overwhelming when you see, everybody else and you feel like, oh, well, I'm not doing as much as I should be, or I'm not creating as, uh, beautiful of an image as these people are. And I don't have as many followers and blah, blah, blah. So there's definitely been some, uh, self-worth and self-resistance lessons that I've had to learn from that. And, you know, there, there are a few things that I've done within that platform that I'm like, you know what, this isn't how everybody else is doing it, but whatever. I'm going to go with it. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Ultimately it's benefited me, but also, you know, working with clients and I'm sure you've experienced this too. Um, there's a lot that comes with that, like learning how to set appropriate boundaries and effectively communicate with somebody and really understand what someone else's communication style is and how to honor that. Like that can be really challenging. And if you, you know, miss the mark, it can sometimes feel like a huge crushing defeat. And you're like, well, I just shouldn't do this when it's not that you shouldn't do it. It's just, it just takes time. It's, it's a practice. And, you know, again, if, if communicating with other people was so easy, like we wouldn't have war and famine and and poverty and all of these other problems that we have in the world because we'd be able to, you know, expressly communicate with other people and have a lot of empathy and figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not that's not the world we live in. Um, so when those moments of self doubt arise around working with other people, I think it's it's always good to take stock and and remind yourself like go easy on yourself, you know. 
Mm, oh my gosh, absolutely. And it's and you know it just gives you perspective, doesn't it? Because when you're sitting there and it, and it does seem like the biggest thing in the world when you're trying to improve, you know, your photos or the way you're telling a story and then if you zoom out and look at, you know, the bigger picture and just and also the fact that when we whatever we create where there's so much being created every single day, including by ourselves, that whatever it is, we're sort of spending a lot of time and energy um, not being happy with whatever it is we're creating. It's going to be old news before we know it anyway. Right. Well, and creativity is such a vulnerable thing. And I think, it, it, of course, it's easy to get uh, hurt or offended if somebody doesn't like what you've created. Um, yeah. But you, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, if you like what you created, then that's what matters. I mean, yes, I, ideally you have other people who like it too, but you have to be happy with your creation. Mm. Yes, yes. I love to talk about, you know, just enjoying the dance you have with creativity. Yeah. <laughs> sort of taking the pressure <laughs> off, taking, taking also, you know, your ownership off of it as well. Right, right. Following, you know, inspiration as your muse. I've really found that super helpful when it comes to anything I'm creating. Totally. I love that. So are there any other like tools that you use when you are going through those moments when you're really doubting yourself? Mm, I mean, I have a, a really wonderful support system. I think, you know, aligning yourself with people who, um, are truly going to lift you up is, is huge and important. And, you know, finding those, finding your tribe like that, that to me has been such a huge help because I think it, there are times where if I were to just lean on myself, I wouldn't be able to move forward or do it. So having, you know, having my tribe and people that I can call and say, Hey, I'm having a really hard day. And they can be like, well, snap out of it or let's go get coffee, (laughs) you know, whatever is really useful. Um, and then I, you know, I know this doesn't necessarily work for everybody, but for me, sometimes I just have to switch environments. Like if I'm home and I'm working and like getting frustrated and just doesn't feel like I'm, I'm like hitting a wall. If I move to a coffee shop or, you know, an office space or just go outside and, you know, connect with nature for a moment, take a walk. Like it's amazing how much that clears the energy for me. Um, so that's, that's been a very useful tool, especially because I do work from home and, you know, I love being a digital nomad and being able to, to work from wherever, but it's also, you know, I think incredibly important because of that to, uh, shift, shift the space sometimes. Yes. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I also work from home and, uh, you know, it was exciting at first. And so I loved being at home all the time, but now I am always shifting my environment as well. And I think you're right. It just takes me back to, you know, university days when I would procrastinate over an assignment or something. And you just, it would be impossible to stay at home at your desk or the library. And, you know, that's because it really is important to just shift where you're at to, you know, help get those creative juices running and flowing again. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I think you get inspired by different environments as well. So if you're, especially if you're stuck on a creative project, like, you know, sometimes just moving somewhere else and seeing a color or seeing a picture on a wall or overhearing a bit of a conversation can ignite something and, you know, set you on a a different creative path. But, um, 
And then I'm also a big meditator. I do believe that, you know, taking time to sit is very important. And it really, I mean, there's so many benefits to meditation. Um, and for me, it really helps me stay grounded in who I am and um, continuing to do the work. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And quiet, quieting all of the noise around you. Yes, 100%. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, well, there's such they're great suggestions and, you know, finding your tribe as well. So important to feel connected. And I think especially or, you know, maybe just also even more when you're working by yourself all of the time. You know, I've really realized how important it is for me to actually reach out, be the one to reach out to my oh. own tribe, my friends, my family um, when I need it. And, and also, you know, before I might get to that stage where I realize I haven't really had any like in-person contact in quite some time and I'm starting to go a little crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So do you have any advice for if one of our listeners and, you know, a lot of people who listen to this podcast um, feel like they really, really want to find, you know, a meaningful career or purpose like you have, but they just have no idea where they can even get started. What would your advice be to, you know, sort of kickstart that journey for them? Yeah, I think, you know, we all have so many things within us that, you could take, I mean, if I really wanted to become a baker, I'm sure, you know, I put all the time and energy into it. I could maybe do it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't actually like to bake that much, but you know, I, <laughs> what I'm trying to get at is like, there are so many different talents that lie dormant within us. Um, and sometimes it's just about feeling into what's really speaking to you and, and looking at how you can take that and potentially monetize it and build it into a business um, and you know, I know that there, are, we live in such an amazing, amazing time where you really can take a non-traditional path. Like we don't have to do the nine to five any longer. Of course, it's a long journey to get to the point where you're fully remote and doing your creative business. But you know, there are so many different paths that you can take and there's nothing wrong with doing the, the nine to five too. If I, that's what you really want to do, if you want to work, you know, in a creative field and still work for a company, um, that's amazing. Like there's that need as well, but you know, really listening to what excites you and ignites you and then just doing research. And like, if, if your thing is that, you know, you're really into soccer and you're a mom and you want to figure out how to monetize that. Like you can, I, I, there are so many ways that you can do that. Like I think about my mom who she's a college counselor and she just started in the past two years, um, offering her counseling services online and her business is booming. And like before she only used to work in schools and she's super passionate about helping kids get to college, which in the States is, is really important. Um, it's important everywhere, but like there's a, you know, our, our education system is, is kind of complicated. Um, so, you know, and she, it, it started with her just like one day thinking, okay, well, I, I really love this and I really want to help people. I'm going to start doing some research online and see what's out there. And so, you know, just paying attention to what excites you and how you can spread that. 
Oh, thank you for that story with your mom. That's so inspiring. And I also like the way that you referred to it as, you know, we, we have dormant skills just within us because I think that's so true. You know, there's so many um, things that we can do. It's just, you know, right. waiting, as you said, for that, you know, what's exciting me, what what's calling me next. Right, right. Yeah, and it can change. And be like you said, find that flow. Go with that flow if it changes. Yep. Oh, thank you so much. You have given us so many wonderful, you know, tools and also just helping us to expand our own, you know, awareness on conscious and sustainable and ethical travel and yeah. also on, you know, how we can show up and align with our purpose. And I'm just so just grateful that somehow our paths crossed. <laughs> <laughs> and I've met you and now we're in touch. And if yeah. so, if anyone wants to, you know, find out more about what you do or connect with you on social media, where is the best place for them to go? So you can visit my website, which is greensuitcasetravel.com. Um, and my social handles are all green suitcase travel. Um, and then you can email me directly too if you are interested in that. And I'm pretty quick to respond back. And that's just misty at greensuitcasetravel.com. Um, so, yeah, just type in green suitcase travel and I, I come <laughs> up pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for coming on, Misty. Yeah, thank you so much. You're absolutely lovely. And I just, it, like you said, it's so wonderful to connect with other women who are moving the the conscious mindful movement forward and who really want to empower um female entrepreneurs out in the world yes couldn't agree more thank you thank you thank you thank you well, there you have it, my beautiful friend. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with misty Foster from green suitcase travel. Misty, thank you so much once again for coming on and sharing your beautiful learnings and wisdom with all of us and also, and probably most importantly, the beautiful purpose-driven business and blog and team and community that you've created over there with Green Suitcase Travel. I absolutely adored chatting with you. So I really, really loved in this episode how Misty spoke about, and I mentioned this, looking at travel as, you know, this is going into someone's home. How do we want the people, how do the locals want us visiting their destination? This is not something I had ever considered as being, you know, conscious travel. So I really loved this message. And when I went to Greece recently, as some of you might know, I did, I've just recently gotten back. I really had this in the back of my mind, you know, what did these people want from me as a tourist? What is respectful for them? And it really got me thinking about, okay, exactly how can I also support them best? And when I went to purchase, you know, food, especially because we had Airbnbs, so I went in and looked at, you know, the back of every item, where is that food from? Is it local? Are these local products? And it just felt really good knowing that I was, I had this knowledge now and now I could use it in my next trip, which was quite soon after Misty and I had this conversation. And this is all that it's asking you to do. You know, you hear a suggestion and you think, wow, I never thought about that. And that's actually going to have a better impact on the community at large. So, hey, I'm going to do that. That sounds great. 
I can feel good about the actions I'm taking. So I really, really, really loved that. And also this idea about how is it having a minimal impact, you know, because we don't know what our actions really in the long term are going to have on the environment. So we need to focus on present moment and being, you know, making sure the impact is as minimal as possible. And this is something I think that there's a lot more work to be had, to be spoken about, to be educated about, to know about, to, you know, be researched all how we actually are impacting the environment. And I'm just excited to learn more ways and to, I, I just get really excited by this stuff because it gives me the tools to change my behavior, knowing that I'm changing it for a purpose. And this is what I always say about purpose. When we know what our purpose is, either on the grand scale of our life or, you know, behind what we're doing day to day, which is also something that Misty was speaking about, you know, the actions each day, what is the purpose behind them? When we know what the greater purpose is behind those, it makes things easy, easier for us than when we don't know what that purpose is. And this is because purpose is like a boundary. It's our boundaries. You know, we have to cut through all the fat somehow. We've got to make things easier for us because we've got so much happening around us, right? There's so much, even in terms of information, just being bombarded at us every single day. We've got to make things easier by knowing what our purpose is behind something or what the purpose is behind whatever it is we're doing or whatever we're using. This allows us to know, is this really aligned with what my reason for being is? Is this aligned with my values, my intentions? And so it makes things easier. It means that when experiences come our way or people or conversation or whatever it is comes our way that is not in alignment with what we see as our purpose. And remember, grand scale or just small day-to-day actions We know what to say yes and no to. And if we don't have that, if we don't have that behind us, we've got no tools within us. We don't have the container. So it's so important. And maybe this is actually, maybe purpose is really, you know, quite masculine in a way because it's these like boundaries we're putting into place. But we don't get to purpose through simply using our masculine energy like anything. We need to have our feminine energy, our yin energy. We need to be in tune with ourselves. We need to be looking within, understanding what actually is important to us. Anyway, I've gone on a bit of a rant there, but I hope all of this makes sense. It's so helpful, this information, and I really hope you're inspired and I'd love to know what most inspired you, what you're going to now try to do more of or less of. And yeah, share with Misty and I, we would absolutely love to know. And remember, I'm at Instagram at create a life that is beautiful and Misty is on Instagram at green suitcase travel. So definitely take a screenshot of you listening to this episode right now and tag us over there on Instagram stories and let us know what your key takeaways were. I also just wanted to say that I loved how Missy also spoke about just being more respectful of each other. I'd never thought about, you know, having people coming up to me like when I'm as me as the local and 
you know, what message I'm portraying to them and how I can use that as a conversation to educate these people. And also just thinking when you're on the other side as a traveler and sometimes, yeah, getting that courage to ask can be kind of confronting and you don't want to, you know, you don't want to say the wrong thing or you don't want to offend anyone, of course. And so you just say nothing. That's usually what comes across my mind. I just think, oh, well, I'll just say nothing. And then you don't have that opportunity to connect or to know or to find out, you know, how, what is the best way to support them. So I really love this idea of thinking about it as just being more respectful of each other. You know, it's just conscious communication, isn't it? We can't know how the other person feels unless we ask. They can't understand what our motivations or intentions are unless they ask. This is something that I just felt called to raise here. And I think we've got, we really have to talk more. You know, we've got to understand more about where we're each coming from. And that helps us to then create meaningful change, which, you know, create a life that is beautiful. We are all about. I also loved Misty's story about her own pivot from theatre into her work at Green Suitcase Travel. I think it's a great example, once again, of using prior experience, our prior experience in a way that you don't expect, shifting the focus, as Misty said herself. We might think that everything we've done has been a huge waste, you know, like me as a lawyer, I could think that that was all a waste. 10 years, legal industry, for what? I left. What has that got to do with life coaching? What does that have to do with this podcast? What does it have to do with finding purpose? Well, my friend, it has everything to do with it. Because once, one, of course, you go through a journey, you learn so much about yourself. You have so many experiences that help you in whatever your next experience is. And Gradually, as you move on to your next chapter, there's just a moment where you turn back and you think, wow, I would not have known how to do this had I not had that journey and everything was needed and connected. And so nothing was a waste. I'm exactly where I need to be. And you see that, you know, peace stringing it all together. And that is a really relieving moment. But think about all the frustration you go through before that, especially when you are changing, thinking that everything's just a big waste. So I hope we can use that now to, if you are there, if you're in that place right now, just to remind yourself to let yourself know that none of it's a waste and you will find a reason for it, a justification, you'll find use for it in the future. And that will be a really beautiful moment for you. Okay, I hope you have enjoyed this episode, of course, as always. And I'm so excited to talk to you again next week. I would love to hang out with you over on Instagram in the meantime. And otherwise, I will see you next week for another episode to help you unlock your truth and purpose. Thank you so much for listening, my beautiful friend. Bye. Bye.